Welcome everyone to episode 500 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. I'm Will. I'm Corey. And we are all here in the same Zoom, same same meeting for the celebration of 500 episodes of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. We are, of course, going to do our usual bit where we uh, relist our top 10 favorite games. It's how we started 500 episodes ago and every 100 episodes since then. We've kind of re revisited our lists and, and added and removed things as we saw fit. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, let's just let's just get started, shall we? Number 10. Yeah. Uh, Corey, we'll start with you. It's funny you asked me for number 10, Dan, because I actually left my number 10 blank. So Reason did I. <laughs> Reason being is because I was... I'm very sure about my one through nine, like these are my one through nine, but that, that 10th game, I'm like, you know, I could go a lot of different directions here. So I was kind of waiting to see what you guys had to say. And okay. then I would make my final decision on what makes my number 10. Okay. Um, which sounds like a cop-out, but no. I did spend a lot of time thinking about it. I get I it. Um, cop-out when I heard you say that. It's definitely a cop-out. I didn't spend enough time. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what, I will start then. Uh, so when I was doing my list, I, I kind of, um, I, I went more with games that right now I would consider sitting down and playing. And, uh, you know, if they were older games, how, how well they held up as older games. Uh, so, you know, nostalgia was less of a thing for me in these, in these current lists, uh, in my current top 10 games. Uh, and, and number 10 for me is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, this may come as a surprise to some people, but I have put a ton of hours into that. I am playing it again play for, for at least an hour probably every day bits and pieces throughout the day um they just came out with new content that i'm i'm rather enjoying uh i don't think any of you guys would like it much it's it's mostly uh around decorating so i was gonna say dan were you just like decorating the house or yeah so the 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 newest big big thing in in the game is it's called happy home island uh and it's a it's a resort so you have to get a client, you get to pick out of like four or five Islanders and you design their like dream uh, vacation place. So uh, they'll give you a set of criteria that they want to have in their thing. And then you design everything else around that. Uh, and it's, it, it's fun, I guess, in like a relaxing sense. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit mindless, but you, you know, you have to try to cater to your client's needs. So. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm liking that. Uh, you know, it was it was probably it was my second most game, second most hours played game. Uh, I had to at least sneak it onto the list somewhere, uh, and it's one I I continue to play. So I went through a dry spell with it for a little bit, but uh, you know, with the new content, I'm I'm playing again. So Animal Crossing number ten. What yeah, about you? Dude, that's, a, that's a good pick for you. Yeah, I think it's so. A very good one. I mean, my family all plays it too, so that's something we can do together. Uh, yeah. That's kind of a theme with my games nowadays, too. So, uh, Eric, number 10. Well, <clears throat> we couldn't seem to locate my last list. Uh, so I really didn't have a lot to change because I haven't been playing video games really at all over the last probably a good year and a half. Um, so it's not going to change all that much. So at 10, I had Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Uh but I did enjoy looking at my list and remembering these games and why I had picked them. Uh, and Bloodborne I picked because it was my favorite of the Souls uh, games. 
you know, I remember Corey first talking about, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Dark Souls 2. I don't know. I was on a kind of a retreat for, for work and he was talking about it and, and it made me go pick it up and play it while I was at the hotel. And ever since then, I would, had really gotten into those games. But Bloodborne was the one that I enjoyed the most out of those games. So that's what I ended up putting on my list um, because it was, uh, I thought, a good mix of uh, a better pace, I guess you could say. I liked the faster-paced combat than the, the other games. Um, and it was just like it's such a cool, creepy world to be in, you know. And I liked the versatility that they that they created with all the weaponry, where they all had kind of like two functions and things like that. Um, but yeah, just just such a an awesome world with uh, really cool gameplay, really just amazing enemies that you fought, and just an awesome game all around. That's that's one of the games that I still pray for a PC release. Did you ever play it? Yeah, I played it. I borrowed Will's PlayStation, I believe, and I played it for uh, six or eight hours, maybe. It was great. Yeah, great game. I, th- I think a lot of people agree it's the best of the of the Souls born games. So, Will yeah. number ten. I agree. Yeah, so I actually did the literal same thing as Corey. Um, I put a <laughs> lot of thought into my list as well. Uh, and I just could not solidify number 10. I had it down to four different games. So, well, what were they? Um, so it's either Call of Duty World at War, Smash Ultimate, Pokemon Pearl, or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, I know what the right pick is, but I, I think for you, the right pick is Smash. Just knowing. <sighs> so today I leaned. I've been playing a lot of the new Call of Duty um, Vanguard. So I've been leaning heavily towards World at War. That's the right pick. Um, I just feel like I've I've played that, that more. Zombies was introduced, correct? Zombies was introduced. I I said it on the episode four hundred, and I bet episode three hundred. I got to the tenth prestige on both PC and Xbox. So I have a lot of good memories with that game, and a lot of my nostalgia games are kind of gone off my list, besides a couple. So I kind of am thinking maybe I leave one, and plus I don't play Smash Ultimate that much with friends anymore. Um, but I played World at War religiously with friends. So I'm leaning towards that, to be honest, but I have a good case for all four games. I think World at War. That would World probably be my pick, too, knowing how much you liked and played that. you That that was one that you even played, was it on the Wii? With the motion I controls? Did, I did play it on the Wii, yeah. yeah a that, lot that of it takes, on the Wii. That takes dedication right there. Yeah. And I will say, like, as much as vanguard sucks i'm absolutely loving it and it brings me back to the it's like probably the most fun with the call of duty i've had since like the modern warfare world at war modern warfare two days um i actually had another person text me um like kind of out of the blue to ask me if i had purchased it and i was like no i haven't really been playing and they're like well it's pretty good and i was not expecting anybody other than you guys to talk to me about it yeah, it's just a, it's a mess of a game, but it's so beautiful. I was like, close to getting it. It's, I I recommend it. I really do. I will say, like, I we've been very anti Call of Duty on this podcast for quite a while, but I have enjoyed the oh. last three Call of Duty games quite a bit. Um, they're bringing me but back a little bit. That's exactly true. <laughs> yeah. We've always spoken negatively about it, but we've always bought it and played it a lot. Right. So. Yeah, you know, I, I think... I mean, you and I, you and I. 
Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. How many times did we say we're not going to get the next call? Every year. We did? Yeah. yeah every year. <laughs> every single year. So it sounds like, Corey, unless you have strong thoughts on uh, the other ones, it's going to be World at War. So, yeah, uh, rapid fire. I'll give you uh, some reasons why you should pick World at War. What were the other three? Uh, so I, I thought you were going to say something about this, but Final Fantasy VII Remake was yeah, one of them. You can't pick that. Good concept, terrible game. Go ahead. Next one. Fantastic game. Anyway, Pokemon Pearl. Just like all the other Pokemons. Go ahead. Okay. Next one. <laughs> uh, Smash Ultimate. There's a case to be made for Smash Ultimate. I'll give you that. But if you're happy with World at War, I'm happy with World at War. Uh, let me just throw in about World at War. Uh, there's, I guess there's a, there's a decent amount of games that I remember, like, the first time I tried them or something like that. But that one sticks out for me specifically with Zombies. Yeah. I remember where I was and who I played it with for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my buddy Ryan, who you guys all know from back home, uh, we were hanging out at, at my mom's house when I still lived there, and uh, we fired up zombies. We didn't know what it was, and we were just like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Incredible. Just a great time with friends. I mean, just so fun. Um, and I got to say, Eric, um, you'll love this, but in Vanguard, three maps from World at War got remade and put into the game. Nice. So, yeah, there is that. So, castle, subpens, and dome. So, really, just, like, when I play on those maps, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this brings back so many good memories. So, I think we have to put World at War now at 10. Yeah. Nice. I'm locking it in. Locking it in. Lock it up. I like it. All right, Corey, what do you got? I've got, for my number nine, I've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So... I kind of tease that this game might crack my top 10 games of all time list. And it's hard to talk about Valhalla without talking about Odyssey, which I've made very clear my thoughts about Odyssey uh, with you guys and, and on the podcast. Um, but for me, Valhalla was kind of the, the redheaded stepchild. Can you still say that in today's day yep. and age, redheaded yep. stepchild? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing's off the table. Okay, uh, this is a redheaded stepchild of, of the Assassin's Creed series. I think it came out pretty buggy, uh, and that kind of turned me off a little bit at first, and I was, was kind of against it, but I was also just coming off the heels of a long playthrough of Odyssey, and I absolutely loved Odyssey. Um, but Valhalla just grew on me the more and more I played it, and the more we talked about it, Dan, and we pointed out that like foggy English countryside and just how cool it was coming off the heels again of playing Odyssey, just how cool it was to explore those ruins that were ruins in Valhalla. But, it, you know, just a few few hundred years ago, I forget exactly the time frame, um, you were exploring those same similar ruins in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, so that was a big part of it. But for me, where, where Valhalla fell a little bit short was in some of the character building um, and that kind of stuff. And that's why it's not higher up on my list. But man, those last two modern uh, Assassin's Creed games are, so they just check all the boxes for me. A little taste mm -hmm. of history, good action, combat, role-playing elements, uh, all that stuff. So that's why that's my number nine. Corey, I would be, and Dan, um, I would be very interested for you too, because I know you both played Odyssey. Eric, I know you did too, but uh, I don't think you played Valhalla. I, I really want the two of you to play Origins. And see if you think 
because Valhalla is my so I love Valhalla, uh, but it is my least favorite in the new trilogy, uh, the RPG trilogy. Um, but I do have a lot of love for Valhalla too. I think I recently like I haven't been on the podcast in a while. I've become a huge trophy hunter uh, for PlayStation, and Valhalla is the bane of my existence because that game's like 200 hours to platinum it. Um, and I think that might be part of my ire towards that game, but I don't think that's necessarily fair because I'm playing it that way. I don't need to. Um, so I give the Valhalla a little bit more slack because of that. Um, but overall, I mean, those modern trilogy games are awesome. I think people should play them. Is there any game that's fun to 100%? I feel like it's just for the masochists, you know, the people who just want to. I used I to do know. that. When I had, I remember when I had, Dan used to be big into the yeah. completioner. Yeah, when I when I had more time, and that was back when I would buy like six games a year, and I would just play the crap out of them. I just platinum Far Cry Six. I had a good time with that one. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit we. It's a little bit easier to one hundred percent than past Far Cry's. Uh, I think Horizon Zero Dawn's a really good one hundred percent game. Um, we'll be talking about that one a little bit later, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's some games that are fun to one hundred percent. Okay. Corey, you said that was your number nine. Yes. Are you gonna re- we were gonna revisit ten later on? Yeah, uh, I did want to note that Bloodborne is a candidate. Oh, okay. Darn good one. Mm-hmm. All right, Eric, number nine. So I, I like I said, I didn't make a lot of changes. I only made one change to an actual game adding on to the list, but I am changing the order that they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, so number nine for me is going to be Heavy Rain. Um, I still wanted that to be on my list, but I did. It, it was previously number four. Mm. So I bumped it back, and it's solely based on the nostalgia of some of the other ones that are on here. Um, but Heavy Rain was one of the games on my list, really one of the few games on my list that wasn't revolving around my experience with multiplayer with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Heavy Rain I played for four in February. It was my last game to complete. And I did it on the last day possible, as I've done most things in my life. Um, And I did complete it. And I just had such a great time with it. Just just one of those story-driven games. Uh, There was some frustration with the controls, from what I remember, not being great. But the story was just so, so, like, enthralling, you know? And uh, just all the different things that could happen, uh, I found really intriguing. but I just, it was, I'm not sure I would have put it down even if it wasn't for in February. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was that good. So, yeah. That is was, that, was, is that game like the OG interactive yeah. drama? I think so. Yeah, I would say so. That's crazy. That was 2010 that game came out, Eric. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> what's that years game ago. you guys all liked? Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Yeah. Life is strange. That was like the good life is strange. <laughs> that was before life is strange was cool. Right. Yes. I listened to episode four hundred before this because I my list got deleted and the amount of life is strange bashing that went on from you, Eric, was hilarious. Well, did that win game of the year? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah. And we went over all of our game of the years briefly. 
And we, <laughs> you were like, man, we got it wrong way more than we got it right. <laughs> I'm sure, oh, I do remember talking about that. I, I know funny. that we've talked about this so many times and nobody's going to remember, but do we remember what the other candidates were that year? I'll was look it, it up while we continue what, to chat. Yeah, wasn't it Dragon Age? There uh, was, then maybe. There was, was like two games that were like no, top Dragon tier. Age Dragon Age won our game of the year. You're right, year. it did. Yep. Was it Bloodborne? Oh, it might have been Bloodborne. There were oh. two games that you we talked about that were in contention, and we picked <laughs> Life is Strange. All right, I got some. Witcher 3. <laughs> oh, wow, boys. Bloodborne. <laughs> Rocket <laughs> League. That's Super Mario it. Maker. <laughs> Super Mario Maker, I think, was my pick. Um, Fallout 4 was that year. Phantom Pain was that year. Arkham Knight was that year. Rise wow. of the Tomb Raider was that year. Splatoon. Ended up with Life is Strange. Until Dawn. Undertale. That was Ori. a good year. Wait, was that... Yeah. Was that 2016? 2015. 2015. That was a heck of a year. Dying yeah, wow. Light. Wow. Life is Strange. I still strangely stand by it. Want to rehash this again, but <laughs> all right, uh, I'll go next. Number nine, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, yeah, so this is another one, uh, that I play regularly with my family. What's great about it is it's one of the few games that you can have up to eight people playing on the same console, which is great for me because I have six people in my household that play it. Uh, it's a little more difficult now with, with my youngest walking around because our Smash Brothers controllers are wired and not wireless, so that uh, causes some some trouble. But uh, it was one of the games that we played just about every night uh, last year, uh, you know, during the at-home time and, and the pandemic stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, we play maybe two or three times a week. At, at least three to, three to five people will play uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, so... Um, definitely, definitely deserving of a, of a place on my list. It's kind of what got my twins into playing video games there into, into games now too. And, and smash brothers was, was the, the catalyst for them. So, um, and again, it's one of those games that it takes a few minutes to learn and a lifetime to master. Uh, yeah. you know, it's easy to pick up and play, but it's very, very technical. If you want to want to get right down into the, into the nitty gritty and, and, and try to, you know, improve yourself. So number nine, smash brothers great. ultimate. Great, great game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also adding it to my potential top 10. Oh, okay. There's no more DLC characters coming either for it. That's sad. But That is sad. That's okay. I, I get it. Uh, Will, number nine. So my number nine is a newcomer. The Last of Us Part 2. Oh. Uh-oh, Will. Man. <laughs> um, so I don't think... Am I... Do you guys want... Am I allowed to spoil anything? Yes. I am fine with it. So I don't think I've played a game where I found a bigger disconnect between the quality and the online outrage about the game. And I think a big part of it stems from them killing Joel within the first hour and a half. Joel, um, Joel yep. Oh so I think this game did a masterful job in telling the story. And I think it is a very divisive way to tell a story. And it's really hit or miss with some people. Cause what happens is very early in the game, Joel gets killed by a character named Abby and her group. 
So you play through 10 hours of the story as Ellie going through a revenge quest. And then the game flips and does like a 180 and you play as Abby and you get her side of the story for about 10 hours. And then there's like a four hour to five hour part where you play as Ellie again to finish off the game. Um, And I'm not afraid to admit this, that towards the end of the game, I was weeping because it was so stressful, the journey of the story, because it was so brutal and grotesque and violent the entire way. And Abby and Ellie are fighting and it's so sad and painful that I was just like, you wanted it to stop. And I don't think a game has invoked that kind of emotion from me. Um, the attention to detail that Naughty Dog has is impressive. It's the first Naughty Dog game that I've played that I actually enjoyed playing too. Um, like I liked The Last of Us quite a bit, but I didn't think the gameplay was that good. I thought it was kind of a hassle and a chore to play, but The Last of Us Part Two, I don't know what they did, but the gameplay on that was phenomenal. Uh, I thought everything was responsive. Um, but man, that story, I, I think the ire that that game got was because Joel got killed very early on and one of the characters was transgendered. And I think that was what set enough people off to not like that game because I really, really thought that that, that game was incredible and told a really important story. Um, and I'm actually genuinely excited for part three whenever that comes. Hmm. So um, yeah, like I said, I played it at the beginning this year and I remember staying up till four in the morning and like not being able to sleep because I was so stressed out. Cause like the four hours that I played was just so stressful and bloody and like awful, but it was like a good way, you know, it's hard drew, to explain. Drew you in. Yeah. It's, it's, it was draining, but it was like worth playing. Um, and I got a lot of time for that I game. That too. What's that? The first one was like that. I will say, having played both, I think The Last of Us Part Two did that times ten. Like I, I when I finished it, Eric, I actually said, "Man, I wish like Corey, Eric, and Dan had PlayStations to play this game because I would be very curious to know what you guys thought of it." I, so I watched about half of it uh, mm-hmm. on YouTube, and I was enjoying the story. To me, it felt long. It was. I would say it's like maybe two hours long. Okay. two hours too long is what i would say yeah um, but I, I also wasn't playing it so i wasn't experiencing that as the gameplay aspect of it i was just watching yeah. the story mm-hmm. I, I, was, la- I was enjoying the story definitely and i will say my last point on it is is when you take over as abby you're pretty pissed off because you're like wow she killed joel but i think the game did a really good job making her and her team likable to the point when you're doing the final fights where abby and ellie are fighting you're stressed out and you're like i i just want you guys to stop like because you didn't want either of them to hurt each other anymore because mm-hmm. it was just it was yeah i could go on and on about this game but i think very very highly of it uh and as soon as i played it, i was like this is a top 10 game for me for sure nice so okay did i get everyone's number nine Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Corey, number eight. Uh, we, I feel kind of bad putting this on here, but I think it's it's deserving uh, Skyrim. You know, I know we got a little Skyrim fatigued because the internet meme of like, oh, what are they going to release Skyrim on a toaster next? You know, like the, it's just like they just keep re-releasing Skyrim and we're getting the anniversary edition. When's that? This week? It's, it's out already. Yeah. It just It just came out. Yeah, the 11th. Okay, so we just got another new Skyrim, uh, but I don't know. It's just 
Something about it. One thing that's consistent on my whole list is really good soundtracks. And I think with Skyrim, um, that speaks volumes because all it takes is to hear the Skyrim music and it takes you right back to the mountains of Skyrim. You could, as we commented at the time the game came out, you can almost taste the air. Um, just something about the the storytelling and the world building and, and the environment of that game that is so immersive. And also the legs that it had just through mods and total conversion mods. I talked a lot about Enderall. Um, we wouldn't have any of those awesome things without Skyrim. And I just think it deserves a place on my list. Not only because I played the hell out of it and played total conversion mods and um, even this year played, have a, a playthrough going on through through Game Pass. It's just uh, it's deserving of, of making the list because I, I do think it is an incredible game despite the, the uh, stigma of the continuous releases over and over and over again okay it's a good pick it really is yeah i agree all right eric number eight um so this one was previously i think number seven uh but i'm moving it back a spot this is metal gear five um it's not a game as people who've listened to the podcast for a long time know that I don't really complete games. And this is another one that I did not complete, uh, but I did play a really good amount of, but I remember specifically saying at the time when it came out that I, I couldn't believe it was a real game because it was just like, I had never played anything like it. The story was kind of weird, which I mean, that's part of the course for those games. So Eric, but, real quick, um, before you finish, I, I made sure to go through and finish that game. Story oh, made you? absolutely no sense. I, okay. it, you didn't miss anything by not completing no. the game. I, that's so. Kojima. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the gameplay was just so amazing, and all the things you could do, and the different ways that you could tackle the missions, and like, God, it was just so fun parachuting guys off into the sky, and like, oh man, and riding the horse around, and just such a great game. I'd never played anything like it. That game for me did really well what I thought Dying Light did really well, which in a different kind of environment, but it was that like in Dying Light, it was a zombie killing playground where it was just like fun to come up with these unique and interesting ways to tackle the enemy and Phantom Mm -hmm. Pain did the exact same thing really well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Will, number eight. Uh, Number eight is Hollow Knight. I have talked about Hollow Knight a ton. Um, there's not much more I can say about it. Um, I think it's the best Metroidvania game that's ever come out. So That's high praise. Oh, yeah. I think that and Ori are the two best Metroidvanias, I think, by far. What about the new Metroid game? I haven't played enough of it to really come down uh, on that. So I won't say anything. Uh, I do know the new Metroid game is up for Game of the Year at the Game Awards this year. So people really like it. Um, I have a punch that I'm still going to prefer Hollow Knight and Ori to Metroid. Uh, But we'll see when I get to it. Okay. All right. So my number eight, uh, Guild Wars 2. So I played a new world for, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 hours. and, And a lot of the time I spent playing... New World, I thought, man, I'd really like to start playing some some uh, Guild Wars 2 again. 
I'm not going to. Uh, actually, <laughs> one of the, I, I did want to actually load it up because I, I've I haven't played it since I've gotten like new better hardware, and I think it, that would do do the game some justice. So I probably would fire it up just to just to experience that side of it. You know, see see the game cracked up to maximum settings and running at higher than 60 frames per second uh, frame rates. But yeah, um, yeah, the whole time I was thinking, uh, what a good time I had doing world versus world uh you know we didn't play that one together as much but the handful of times that we did play together were a lot of fun and uh it's it's definitely been my favorite mmorpg out of out of all of them that i've played so um yeah guild wars 2 would be would be my number even more than galaxies dan yeah only because the galaxies had such a such a uh tragic fall (laughs) (laughs) that guild wars 2 did not have um yeah I'd have to say it does. It does uh... Yeah, it does Agreed deserve in. does deserve the A spot. Go ahead, Corey. I was just gonna say, I when I was trying to figure out my tenth game, I ran through the list of MMORPGs, and I think I would put Guild Wars two at the top of that list. As much as I enjoyed our old EverQuest days, I think you know for evaluating the games we think are our top 10 i would put guild wars 2 probably at the top for yeah. mmorpgs yeah and like i said a lot of my list is like what could i sit down now and right. and 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 play you know in 2021 at the end of 2021 yep uh so i i did factor that in more than i have in the past uh anyway so all right um we're on number eight uh eric did i get you number eight yeah Corey, number eight we did my eight. We're on to seven, I think. Oh, jeez. Did I get everyone's eight? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Corey, numbers. I'm going to start going in the same order every time so I don't get myself confused. I think you have been. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, oh, okay. I, I skip around just so right. people don't you know feel left out or whatever. Uh, number seven, Corey. Mass Effect 3. Um, so I played through the the uh, Legendary Edition. Sorry, the name escaped me for a second there. The Legendary Edition this year, I'm really close to beating three. I... I have like just a handful of missions to go. So I've basically played through all of it again. And, you know, I was kind of surprised because when I started playing two, I was like, man, there's no way three is better than two because this is incredible. And I even messaged you guys that I think at one point I said, you know, I'd be surprised if if my original thoughts still held up about thinking three was better than two. Um, But after completing two and completing three and remembering what my actual thoughts were on the difference between two and three, I think... I think my original thought still holds up in that two did a really good job of building the characters, which is really necessary to build a trilogy. You know, you need that middle act where you're overcoming obstacles and getting to know your team and and building that camaraderie. And two did a fantastic job of that. But for me, three had that more complete story with highs and lows and also just the way um, the way it elevates the concept, especially at the very end of the game, I really appreciated. I know a lot of people didn't, uh, but it worked for me, and and I loved it. And in in terms of video game lore and storytelling, Mass Effect is right up there, if not number one in my mind. Um, and I am one of those people who would love to jump in a spaceship and explore the galaxy. So being able to do that in a video game is a lot of fun. Um, or who did you have in your ship again was it i'm not allowed to talk about that anymore that's oh. gotten me in a lot of trouble over the years so <laughs> austin <Yeah>. chris oh <laughs> yeah there were more than that but yeah. joey um, Scott. but anyway mass effect 3 
I'm, I'm going to jump in because I had Mass Effect 2 at, at number 7. Uh, and, and for the most part, Corey, I agree with you on Mass Effect 3. However, the, the ending for me just fell flat. At, at least the initial uh, ending before they extended it and explained things a little bit better and what happened to everybody. Uh, because I had played Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2 probably 20 or 30 times between the two of them. Uh, I, I set up my decisions so that they would be different every playthrough. I, I had a Renegade playthrough. I had a, uh, uh, what was it, Paragon playthrough. I had like a neutral playthrough. I had ones that, that I would pick one or two decisions that I thought would make a huge impact in the ending. Uh, just none of that panned out for me in the third game. So that's why for me, two was better. Um, mostly because of the huge improvement it was in gameplay from, from one to two. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I just, I felt that was a more... It wasn't the end, too. I, I, I feel like I should say that. Like, it wasn't the end quite, you know? So. Um, I have a question. Yes. A clerical question, and, and yeah. I'm going to kick it to you guys, the jury. As you were talking, Dan, you mentioned the upgrade in combat and whatnot, or the controls and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if instead of Mass Effect 3, I should just put Mass Effect Legendary Edition as my number seven. Reason being, I think the best way to play them is back to back to back. Um, Absolutely, I think I think that's a big reason why I enjoyed it even even more than originally. Because back then, you know, there was at least a year between um, the games. You kind of forget what the hell's going on. Especially this was in the early days of you know information being at your fingertips. I know it was out there on the internet, but it wasn't as easy to find as it is nowadays about all this stuff and everything has a wiki i don't think there was a wiki back then if there was it was had to be very sparse compared to what there is now um so if you guys are okay with it i might change from mass effect 3 to mass effect legendary edition oh, that's fair. so real quick i should jump into i have mass effect 3 as my number seven. Oh, geez um so and i agree <laughs> i agree with the sentiment of making legendary legendary edition technically it's one game mm-hmm they put it into one game, one yep. download now. So I think it's fair to say right. um, that Changes we just put made. it in there. Done. But, yeah, I'm recently, I'm working my way through three right now. And man, what a wild ride that game is. And the series as a whole, it's incredible. It's so good. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Will, you played the legendary edition of one, right? I be So I platinumed one, two, and I'm like halfway through three. I really like legendary edition one because they made combat so much fun it's basically you, it's basically just like a shooting gallery yeah and it, it feels good unlike the original version of one well and then when you jump up to two it's still crazy yeah <laughs> yeah it's... and we're back uh kind of forgot that zoom has a 40 minute time limit so uh we may have to have one more quick break in between that but yeah this was the mass effect round uh eric what's your number seven Probably not Mass Effect, right? Sorry to, to break the Mass Effect chain here, gentlemen. Uh, this is the one game that I added to my top 10. And uh, I don't feel great about it, but I had to find a spot for Fortnite in here. Uh -huh. uh, I know the only one who's going to support that is Dan. He's the only one who, who gets to struggle. Yes, I do. Uh, but, man, I had many, many a fun hour playing Fortnite with a lot of different people. Uh, just like, man, it's one of those games where it gets down to the, to the end and it just gets so intense sometimes. And it's just such a goofy game 
but at the same time it gets kind of serious towards the end when you might actually win especially for people like me who aren't very good uh when you do finally get to, to the end and you're one of the last few standing even if you've hid uh to get there uh it's still very rewarding one of the most rewarding games to win that i've ever played absolutely totally agree I mean, the the number of times that I just, like, would let out just a a roar when victory came, especially when you're playing against somebody who's clearly better than you. Yeah, like someone who's really good at building, and I'm, like, a Uh, non-building player. Uh, To beat them is the best. But you outfox them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, outfox them maybe a little bit. A lot goes your way, and uh, getting that, that victory was so fun. Uh, I liked a lot of the stuff they did with some of the costumes. I spent some money on some costumes, which is not something I'd ordinarily do. But, you know, some of the Star Wars tie-ins that they did was really fun. Uh, Just a lot of great times playing Fortnite. As goofy as that game is. Yeah. Uh, We should say... There's a lot of people that play it. Yeah, it's it's very mechanically solid, too, which I think think helps it a lot. I recently re- revisited uh halo reach which at the time i would think was mechanically solid but it felt very floaty and not tight like at all compared to fortnite which i had been used to um you know both the shooting mechanics and and the building mechanics everything is very very streamlined and tight and uh yeah i mean i i love fortnite i i still play it regularly uh, i mean my daughter played this afternoon she was home home from home from school sick uh, and we we got a got a W uh, this afternoon, so that was that was Dub. very rewarding. Yeah, dub. Yep. So yep, Fortnite was your number seven, was it right, Eric? Correct. Okay, uh, Corey, number six. Number six. There might be a little disappointment from Will on this one, but uh, drop down from all of my previous lists. From I think I had it at two and three, but um, number six. For this episode is Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, you mentioned, Dan, you only picked games that you still want to play to this day. And that's that's a game I still, like every day I want to be playing that game. Um, it has just enough jank to keep it interesting. The storytelling is really good. The music is really good, again. And just uh, the way it incorporated all of those fun things about Final Fantasy into this strategic uh war epic it's just really fascinating and i still look back fondly and i can't wait for the eventual remaster or whatever whatever they're going to do with it um and there's also has there have been a lot of games in that style that have come out but none have really captured the magic like final fantasy tactics there was that one that we all played i think last year that we liked or maybe it was two years ago fell seal fell seal yeah that did a pretty good job uh, at least in terms of cap- capturing the gameplay mechanics, but the storytelling wasn't there. Um, and the art style was a little... The sprites, weird. if I remember correctly, were a little weird. Um, but once I got used to them, I didn't really notice them. Uh, but that might be the closest, I would say. So I really can't wait to see what happens with Final Fantasy Tactics. But yeah, I dropped down a little bit on my list just because of some of the other games I've played since I think are a little bit more appealing to me right now than Six is. Huh? Or, I'm sorry, Tactics. Whew. It'll be back up Jump when down. the remaster comes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we talked about the NVIDIA leak at all, but that was massive. And then I guess it's like a lot of that stuff is starting to come to fruition. So nice. um, it definitely seems like it's 100% true. And 
and video screwed up. Well, they so. screwed up by not making enough graphics cards, first of all. Yeah, they are really dropping the ball on every aspect. Chip but, shortage, yeah, man. We'll, Come on. We'll we'll probably talk about that on the next like episode episode. Yeah. Uh Eric, number six. Uh number six for me is a game that's already been talked about a little bit uh by Corey. That was Skyrim. Uh that's uh, one of those games I distinctly remember, you know, the excitement that everybody had for that game coming out and then going home. I'm assuming, did we go to a midnight release for that? Oh, yeah. yes. Probably, right? Yep. Going home and literally everybody on your friends list was playing Skyrim. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it was one of those situations. And that, I mean, that was, you know, pretty few and far between, really. There, there'd always be a couple of people playing a new release, but not literally everybody. You know, um, and it, I remember when Dan and I worked at the same place together, we talk about it and I would just talk about, you know, how I was just jonesing to get home to play Skyrim again. Uh, you know, simpler time. Was, what's that? It's a simpler time, wasn't it? Oh, was it ever? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, people <laughs> who I know who didn't play video games were even playing Skyrim and it was just like, just such an incredible game and like Corey said, it's kind of a joke now how they keep releasing it on, on all these platforms, but they would only do that if they kept making money off of it. So people yeah. are clearly still buying it. Still buying uh, it. Yeah. Oh, I bought the anniversary. Don't worry. Right. So <laughs> I'm the biggest hater. <laughs> right. Yeah, Will hated that we gave a game of the was a generation. So we decade? called it game of the decade. Can't remember. Whatever we gave it. Well, looking back on that, I was definitely in the wrong. <laughs> okay, well, that's like um, I, I still think Mass Effect is like a better game, uh, but Skyrim had a way bigger impact. Still does. Right. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's my number six. Very nice. Uh, Will number six. Number six is Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, I that's one of those games that we've waxed poetic about for hundreds of episodes at this point, so I won't uh, dive too deep into it again, but. I I hate that I've become a 60 FPS snob um, because it's really hard to go back to these 30 FPS games. So that's that's my only knock for it too, Will. Yeah, like I want to play it on PC, but like I shouldn't have to mod it on PC to get it around at 60. I've just been holding out hope that uh, Nintendo reaches a, releases a 4K Switch or whatever and it runs at 60 yeah. um, so I can like play it again but i think eventually i'm just gonna have to sack up and play it again on 30 but yeah what a game i mean i love that game i really do so i was uh i did think about that game when i was putting my list together i don't remember i'd actually be interested to go back and listen to what my thoughts were like the first time we talked about it compared to like as the weeks went on right Mm -hmm. because i think my feelings cooled a little bit on it yeah yeah um, you and Corey cooled i know i know eric i remember you specifically mentioning that you didn't like the weapon destruction uh, i was and, just going to talk and, about that and inventory management i think you mentioned too oh the inventory management on that game made it 20 percent less enjoyable minimum mm-hmm. i agree and the weapons break it just wasn't necessary yeah. like what did it add to the game frustration right <laughs> amazing game other than that yeah but it was so frustrating that i just i couldn't get past it 
I uh, I used to argue with you guys about the we- weapon degradation system, but I've kind of reached the point now where it's like, yeah, like it was way too frequent, um, and that would Wait, also be my that? only. What did it bring to the table? Um, it's not fun to have a weapon system like that. Or if they want to do it, at least have it not be like seven hits and your weapon breaks. I do right. I do get that. Um, it I, also, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, a lot of people also don't like when it would rain, when you're climbing a cliff, you'd fall off. I don't have as big of a problem with that as I did with the weapon system breaking. because as much. Yeah, it just was silly that they would break so frequently to me. But overall, I mean, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. I think it's frustrating too because it seems just it seems to go against like Nintendo's prime directive of like fun first, you know, because because it is it's just a frustrating thing and it's atypical of you know so many games that they put out. I don't know. It just yeah, I, I don't. I just don't understand what, what the it, thought process so was. I'll it, I'll give my perspective because I actually enjoyed the weapon destruction. Uh, for me, it was more that it 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 made you use all the resources that you had at your disposal, uh, which is what I liked about it. You know, you couldn't use the same weapon that you got good with, uh, you know, for the rest of the game, right? You had to, you had to use the spears that you found or the clubs that you found, you know, and a lot of times if you go to, go to battle and, and all this is like magnified. If you've ever played, if you ever play master mode, because the enemies, not only are they one tier tougher, but they also regenerate health. So if you don't kill them right away, so fighting really like you really realize that fighting for the most part in Breath of the Wild isn't isn't necessary. Like you just run by stuff and don't even fight it because it's not worth it until you get powerful enough weapons that you can do enough damage uh, that you can end up killing enemies. But that but that's what, always what I liked about it is 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 using everything that you have at your disposal and everything that you find at your disposal, right? Yeah, and I, I like the idea of that on paper for sure. I think I think you're you're onto something. But like, it's just when you're in the middle of a boss fight and you've exhausted <laughs> all your weapons and all you have is a wooden stick. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, I guess I have to leave the dungeon and go stock up. You know, it's yeah. just, it just takes the fun out of it. Sure, I I understand well, that perspective. Uh, like yeah. as I get older with games, I I like options with how I play things. So like, I think a weapon system like that is fine, and I actually would play with that on, but it's a little too frequent. But I also think like why not have a toggle where you can toggle that off? It's like when I'm playing Age of Empires 4 right now, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the population limit is 200. Like, why is it, why can't you, like, do, two, like, 300, 400? Like, I just think it's stupid to just limit people into a specific way. I think uh, options are important for people to enjoy games. Because everybody enjoys things differently, and sometimes if something's too shoot in like a weapon system that breaks like that, I think that can turn a lot of people off. And I remember people like Jim Sterling really docking the game, like giving it a seven out of 10 for that, which is excessive, but like people really didn't like that. And I think yeah. just making it like fruit, turning down the frequency or having a toggle that could turn it off for people, um, especially with Nintendo, cause they're all about accessibility for people. So I just feel like that would have been a better way to do it. Personally, do you remember? But... Do you remember? I think it was specifically me, Dan, and Corey, and I can't remember what game we were talking. Maybe it was you, Will. I don't know. We were talking about a game, and I think somebody was mad at how difficult it was. And Dan and I were basically just saying that it's just maybe this is not for you. It was. Yeah. I, I know specific, it was Sekiro, and it was Sekiro. me. Yep. And my 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 argument my argument wasn't that. Um, 
it's that I should reserve the right to give it a poor review because it's so difficult I can't enjoy that's, it. That's what it was, yep. Yeah. This just made me think of it when we were just kind of yeah. shitting on it. And like, Wait. at what point is do I tell myself, man, this game is not for me? Right. And they yeah. did what they wanted to do. Yeah. And so I and agree I, with that, but I, I was, I think I, yeah, I was approaching it from the from the point, yeah. point of view of a reviewer. You know, am I am I allowed to give it a poor review? Because it's right. so hard, I can't enjoy it. Yeah, and I would I would say that Corey does reserve the right to dock it because he thinks it's too hard. But I also think it's right for Eric and Dan to be like, it's just not for you. And I think that's okay for something that's not for you because Red Dead Redemption Two is not for me. The game's amazing, but I don't like it. So, and I can acknowledge that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just it came to my mind. I was just trying to remember what the hell the game was. Yeah. I'm glad you remembered it was Sekiro because I knew it was something like that. I just couldn't remember which specific game it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I just knew it was a difficulty thing, but I couldn't remember what it was. Awesome game. Wish I could have played more of it. Yeah. I got to a point where I couldn't advance anymore <laughs> oh, either, and I just gave up. Corey, I'll tell you why. Probably if we had that argument, I would probably be on your side. Now? Yeah. I just, I don't, but maybe I wouldn't be because I it's me. I just don't have it in me. Right. I get I take it up the backside in real life enough as it is. <laughs> I don't need it in fantasy your, life. Too. Your leisure, yeah. 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 It's it's interesting to see how everyone's tastes have changed over the years too, you know. I was the one that was the least into the multiplayer competitive games and now that's mostly what I play. Yeah. yeah that's crazy was, to think about, by yeah. the way. It's like I, I'm gonna get done with this and I'm gonna play Halo. Mm, I forgot about Halo, that. Halo Online. But anyway, uh, so my number six. day coming. Oh, Sorry. yeah, there you go. Uh, my number six is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I think it's down. It was it, down from number four. I had it uh, on my list at, at episode 400. Um, it's it's still a game that I, I actually, when I got my laptop, I installed it to, to test it out. It's one of the games, along with Cyberpunk, I downloaded to test out the all the graphics and stuff. And it's really a game that I, I think about revisiting all the time. Uh, at this point, I'm waiting for... They're coming out with a next-generation version of uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt in addition to the Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, but it's coming out... on The PC version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is coming out with the next-gen versions of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for the console. So I'm going to wait to play it at that point. Um, but it's definitely one I want to revisit again. And I think about it all the time. Uh, it's, you know... Probably my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite single-player RPGs on my list. So, I uh, best line of all time, Bloody Baron. Totally agree. It's a it's a fair pick, Dan. But I I know I have a slightly dissenting opinion on The Witcher Three Wild Hunt, um, mm-hmm. mostly because of how my experience with the books kind of flavored my opinion of the video games. Sure. Um, we don't need to get into that, but I do think it is a really good pick and there, that game has a lot going for it. And if I wasn't so bitter, I, it would probably be on my list too. Uh-huh. I'm a, a brand new person. Actually, I can join the discussion about the Witcher three. Cause I actually did play it this year uh, and beat it back in, I think February or March. I want to say, man, what a game it's not in my top 10, but Holy cow. I was blown away by that game the entire way through and like Skellige. Oh, it was incredible to be in. Absolutely incredible. Really fun game. So, 
definitely I get why everybody loved the game so much, and I know why people were hyped for Cyberpunk when that was coming out. Sad what happened, but a game that's probably not on anybody's. I I still like Cyberpunk. I, it probably wouldn't even be in my top twenty, but I still I thought it was good. But I'm gonna I, play it. Yeah, I, I PC is the way to play it now. If, if until the next generation console version comes out, which is I, absolutely ridiculous. Talk about bait and switch. That was yeah. supposed to come out what ten months ago. Yeah, no, I I agree with you totally on that. Uh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset with the game itself for that. Just the the studio, CD Projekt Red lost a lot of faith as the, you know, the good guy. Good guy. The, the good guy game developer. Oh yeah, that's with gone that, with that mess. Gone. Although in their defense, they can't release a bad port for the game on the new consoles. Yeah, I think it's better that they keep pushing it until they get it right. Yeah, they have. They you're right. They have to get it right. Or they could have. They could have gotten it right and stuck to their timeline. That would have been a good way to approach it. Would <laughs> have been a better approach. Oh yeah, that's what should have happened. Yes. Corey, number five. Uh, number five. A little bit of recency bias here because this game is would would is typically higher on my list and probably will be once I get the sour taste out of my mouth, but it's rocket league. Um, fantastic game. I know Eric has my back and standing up for, for rocket league, but I played, I've played a ton of rocket league this year, believe it or not. Uh, I played a lot early in the year and then kind of got away from it and have been playing um, maybe over the last month or so. I think I've just topped out at rocket league. I just don't think I'm going to get any better. And the problem with that is one of my favorite things to do in Rocket League is are the tournaments, um, which if anybody hasn't experienced a Rocket League tournament and they're mildly competitive with Rocket League, you have to try a tournament because I'm convinced it's the best way to play that game. Uh, just when you get on a team that you're stuck with for you know an hour, an hour and a half, if you make it to the finals, uh, and just the excitement that comes in a Rocket League game on its own, but a tournament overall is unlike any other game when you get that overtime goal or that huge save that you didn't think you were going to get it is like you you feel it um for me unlike any other game i've ever played uh you want to you know you jump up and do the fist bump and yell at the dog and all that stuff um but i did as i started to say what happened to me was when you win a diamond tournament which is where i'm at i I think i I'm, i'm diamond three is about where i top out um, when you win a diamond tournament, they put you in a champion tournament and it's a whole different ball game. Like I don't stand a chance. I can't even track the ball with my eyes. Never mind oh, chase it with my, yeah, not even, never mind chase it with my car. Um, <laughs> and it sucks because I'll get, I'll get on these teams and, and it's very obvious that I'm just not nearly as good as anybody else. And my team will like, ask me like, yo, what rank are you? And I'll be like, I'm diamond. And they'll be like, you know, why the F are you diamond? This is a champion. And I'm just like, I don't know. This is where they put me. Um, so if you're competitive in tournament and diamond at all, eventually they're going to bump you up to champion because they want you to, you know, win roughly half of your games. So if you're winning in diamond tournaments, they're going to put you in champion tournaments. Uh, and there's just nothing I can do. So that's not fun for me anymore. And I, I'm not good enough to advance in rank. And I know what the trick is because all the experts say you need dedicated practice time. Dedicated practice time sounds like work for me. I'm out. I'm I'm playing video games to have fun. Yeah. Chill my mind. I'm not trying to challenge myself to the point where I'm actually practicing something in a video game. If it comes naturally just by playing the game, great. That's also practice for me. But all the pros say you need to download the custom uh, training maps and, and 
play those where you're dribbling and jumping and flying around and controlling the ball the whole time. That's just not for me. That's not, I don't enjoy that part of Rocket League, so I'm never going to get any better. And that's why I have a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. That said, I do appreciate a lot of the new things they've added um, over the years. And it's one of those games that I think is going to have a really long lifespan. Uh, but for me right now, I'm feeling it at just about number five on my top ten. Okay. I didn't expect that. Higher? Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it'd be higher too, Corey. A little disappointed. Yeah. I thought it'd be two. <laughs> the recency bias, as I said. Recency bias. All right, Eric, number five. Number five for me is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah. Man, that was really like the first, uh, well... Maybe not the first, but of the modern, well, it's, I don't know how modern it is nowadays, but uh, <laughs> modern in my day, uh, first person shooter that really just had me by the balls, man. And I would just be, that was one that I was jonesing to get home and play by myself with whoever. I, it, didn't, it didn't matter. Like if I could get on there and get, get like overkill going, oh. Was it oh, no overgrown? Overgrown, yeah. That map. I just had such good strategy on some of those maps, and it was probably that was probably the best I ever was at, a, at an online shooter. Was probably that game. Maybe there was a time in Halo where I was pretty good, but I would say Modern Warfare was probably my best effort at online first-person shooter. I can attest you were you were phenomenal at that game. And it was all about the, knowing the maps and the flow of the maps and the flow of the spawns. And that was really about it. I, and I still recall one time, <laughs> it's funny all these stupid things stick with you, but this one time on, on Overgrown, I was in a house and I had uh, Claymores was, was my uh, you know weapon of choice or whatever in my pocket. Um, and I just went on this tear where I was in such a flow where I just knew when people were coming up to get me in this house while I was sniping. And, it, and I knew when to snipe, when to look for people coming to get me. I, I must've had them with like 20 kills in a row. And like, it, eventually their whole team was trying to come up and kill me. And you just felt like these guys cannot fucking touch me right now. <laughs> you just yeah. know. Uh, and it was one of the few times, you know, that I've ever felt that way in, in a first-person shooter. And that has always, I've always remembered that specific uh, round. Um, but just, man, what a phenomenal first-person online shooter. Mm -hmm. What were the other maps in that one? Oh, Pipeline, Creek, I Crash. I knew that, oh, Crash, that was another one. Yeah. Um... You got up on the roof in that one really tall building on the side there. Yep, yep. Forget um, it. Shipment. Oh, see, see, I was a sniper, so shipment was not for me. <laughs> yeah, that was not your your favorite not map. When shipment came on as the, as the board, I was like, oh, I will be of no use to the team here. <laughs> I I was more of a sniper, but uh, yeah, crap. Eric, Eric you want to feel old? Yeah, well, I, I do, but you can hit me with it. Guess what year this game came out? <laughs> what was it? 2007. <laughs> <laughs> God. There are probably people listening to this that weren't even born They're, in yeah. 2007. Right. Yeah, it could be. Definitely could be. 
I'm trying to figure out how old my wife was. Let's see. <laughs> I was 12. 14 years ago. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. She's going to be turning 30 next week. Oh, the dirty 30, huh? Yeah. Happy good birthday. Age. Yeah. That's wild. It's a good age. But yeah, what a, what a game. Amazing. Will, number Eric, five. Go ahead, Will. Well, real quick, Eric, when I was listening to the episode 400, I was reminded of a story of you and I playing Call of Duty 4 online. Uh, well, after it's like, you know, release date into it, long into its life. But we, got um, we got hacked and I got so much negative experience. I couldn't play. Yeah. Oh, dude, I remember that. Because it's like you need to be level one to be able to play online, even though I was like fifth prestige. <laughs> yeah. We got hacked with so many negative points you couldn't play anymore. Yeah. And I have not played it since. That's so weird that that's a thing. Yeah. This is the craziest thing. Yeah. I just shot and killed a guy, and it's like you got negative one billion experience. I was like, that's weird. Well, wasn't he like hacking in the map? Yeah. He was hacking in the map, and like out, he was outside the map basically, but Will killed him at one point, and he must have just been a pissed off Reddit user. And yeah. Now Will can't play that game again. <laughs> nope. Huh. I can play the remaster, uh, but. I, or I can't play anything on... I can't play this game on Xbox in general. Um, PlayStation and PC I can, but not on Xbox because of that. <laughs> I hope that shows up later in your life. I hope that screws you over somehow <laughs> like later in your life. Yeah. When, when, when you're going to get your first mortgage. <laughs> your social credit's really bad because of your <laughs> Call of Duty experiences in the toilet. <laughs> Um, so my number five, Corey, don't feel bad about dropping tactics because I dropped Final Fantasy six to number five. Okay. Um, I gotta have Final Fantasy six in there somewhere. I'm want to replay this game. Uh, just to rejog my memory on it, but I'm waiting until the pixel remaster comes out before I play it again. It should be soon, right? Any day. By the end of the year. Um, okay. Final Fantasy five pixel remaster came out a lot later, um, than the others. Cause I want to say four was in late september early october and five, five came out correct yeah um i have all of them on steam if anybody is ever interested in playing them but i'm gonna wait to play them until six comes out because it's the first one i want to play so uh yeah final fantasy six i mean i we're gonna talk about it later so sure it, maybe it, it may 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 pop up uh <laughs> number five yeah. for me mario kart 8 deluxe Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is uh, another game that I play a lot with the family, but it's also one I spent a considerable amount of time playing by myself, uh, both on the Wii U and Nintendo Switch. I probably have 250 or so hours just on the Switch alone playing uh, both the all the single-player stuff, including the 200cc and online. Um, it's, you know, it's a blast to play with the family. It's a, it's a great game because they... Uh, they give options for, for controls, so you can do auto speed and auto steering, uh, which keeps them, you know, the kids, the little kids, especially on, on the racetrack, rather than have them drive off the side all the time, uh, keeps the, keeps the flow of the races going, you know, for, for them. Um, it's, it's the one, I know my kids are going to eventually overtake me in a lot of these other games that we play together, uh, but I would like Mario Kart to be the one where, where daddy still always gets, gets the wins, 
Uh, we'll You're see if that. Yeah, I, I thank you. I haven't played recently, but or not a lot recently. Um, but yeah, I would like to to keep my keep my skills there. Um, I actually recently played uh, because of the Nintendo 64 games came out for the Nintendo Switch, and I played Mario Kart 64. Uh, and it's crazy how far the Mario Kart series has come. So I used to think that was you know, controlled really well and all that stuff, but you go back and play Mario Kart 64, it does not hold up as well as, like, uh, Super Mario 64 does um, when you're comparing, like, the newer newer Mario, Super Mario games to the to the older Mario Kart game. You know, you know what I'm saying. The, Dan, out of curiosity, I yeah. didn't say the F64 games are on there. Yeah. Is uh, Pod Racer on there? No. No, but you can buy that on the Switch for, it's like seven bucks. Um, but it's yeah, it's not an, on the the game package. There's uh, Mario sixty four, Legend of Zelda, uh, uh, Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Kart sixty four. There's Yoshi's Island, uh, and then they're going to be adding games along too. Uh, it, it's available on yours. You just have to download it because uh, you're, you're we're all on the on the family plan. Yeah. So why do I feel like I played Pod Racer on Xbox recently? It's on there, yeah. I think. It's, it's on. Was it on Game Pass at some point? It might have been. Because I wouldn't have paid for it. It might have been. It. We, I think one of us has it on PC. Maybe did you download uh, it on Steam? I think it was on Game Pass, Corey. I think it. Yeah, I'm thinking it was on Game Pass at one point. Could have been. All right, Corey, number four. Number four, Stardew Valley. There, there's a lot to say about Stardew Valley, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really know where to begin. Uh, it's one of those games that I had my eye on pretty early on because I remembered how much I loved the old Harvest Moon, and I think Will and I had been talking a lot about Harvest Moon at the time, and I was like, hey, there's this really cool game that's coming out soon called Stardew Valley. I think we might be interested in it. And then, boy, did it turn into something massive. Uh, speaking of re-releases on everything, I think it's the only game I've bought more than twice. Same. Um, I bought it definitely three times, maybe even four. But yeah, I mean, again, just capturing that magic of the Harvest Moon games, even the Harvest Moon developers couldn't do that um, in all the releases that they did, even with the Story of the Seasons games. It just doesn't come close to all the things that are jam-packed into Stardew Valley. The mechanics are 100% solid. The music's great. All the little secrets... The storytelling, uh, it's all on point, and it's one of those games that is impossible to put down. Um, and the replayability is huge. They keep putting out massive updates. I think, I think they're done. I think I should say. I keep saying they. I think he is done. Concerned ape. Supposedly. Um, supposedly. Yeah, I could see him a few years his... down the line adding new content to, to Stardew Valley. He's working on his Chocolatiers game, which sounds really cool. Cool yeah. concept. I can't wait to see what that's all about. But man, I've sunk so much time into Stardew Valley, and uh, it's one of those games that I think could only go up on my list as as it marinates a little longer. Yeah, yeah. This game almost almost always ranks my top ten, and it just barely misses uh, every time. But it's incredible. I mean. As you said, Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons cannot even come close to what Stardew Valley has accomplished. And those are like the original developers of what Stardew Valley is a successor of. So I think that says a lot. Made by one guy, too. 
crazy. All right, Eric, number, are we on four? Four. Yep. Yeah, uh, my number four is the first Halo. And uh, this is a big time nostalgia pick because obviously the Halos have, I guess, probably improved over the years as far as maps and all that stuff. But uh, my time playing Halo 1, specifically at my cousin Jared's house in his basement every weekend Uh with you guys and, you know, any hosts of other people who may have been there in between Dungeons and Dragons or Rifts or whatever nerdy thing we were doing, uh, eating pizza and drinking Mountain Dew, working on my dad bod. <laughs> we got we we got an early start on our dad bods. Oh, didn't we ever, Dan, who's your dad? <laughs> uh, but man, just they they always say like you don't realize it's the good old days at the time of the good old days, but that was the good old days. So, yes, like, it was. Halo One will always have a special place for me. So. Yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. I uh, just uh, quickly I added Mario Kart Eight Deluxe and Halo One to my potential oh tenth game. Okay, there you go. Okay, uh, Will number four, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I remember back in 2018 when this game came out, um, I said to everyone on this podcast, hey, this game is pretty good. I really think we should all give it a try. Um, And I fought for it very passionately for the game of the year that year. Um, Losing to Celeste, actually, I remember this, um, because I refused to leave the podcast studio if Red Dead Redemption was going to (laughs) win. So That's right. uh, Celeste was the little game that could that year. Yeah. Jeez. We were we've made some questionable decisions. <laughs> I, I don't think Celeste was was questionable. I don't. No, I I really like Celeste, and this is a very good game. Yeah, the the little person in me, you know, rooting for the underdog. Is, yeah, is happy Celeste won, but I think that definitely shone through. Yeah, for all of us with Celeste. Yeah. Because... Well, it, it, I mean, it was kind of a compromise pick because wasn't it two and two? Whatever we, whatever the other game we were going for, that yeah. it, it was, it that was the compromise. Um, was it okay. Red Dead and Breath of the Wild? Mm. What year was it? Twenty eighteen. Wouldn't have been Breath of the Wild then. It was that Red was Dead something. I Celeste was a game that you guys all had, and I said I wasn't leaving the podcast studio if you were picking Red Dead, and I was. I actually beat. Um, what was the other game? I'd be interested to see what the other game was. Super Smash? Could have been Smash. That's all I'm seeing. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, God of War, Monster Hunter World, Celeste, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Into the Breach, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Forza 4, Black Ops I'd be interested to go back and listen to that that That, deliberation. That deliberation. So it it was probably me and Will wanted Smash Brothers. What about Octopath? That was 2018. I don't don't think so. That was that passionately fought for. No, that didn't get a lot of love. I remember Divinity Original Sin 2. I think it was probably Red Dead, Red Dead versus Smash Brothers. And I think Celeste was the I think you might be right. Corey and I maybe were on Red Dead and you guys were on Smash. So if I remember correctly. Corey and Eric were Red Dead, and you both thought that a fighting game didn't deserve Game of the Year. 
and me and Dan straw man us like that will we sound like idiots I maintain that that's accurate (laughs) I mean it was against Red Dead I see your guys point that game was I was probably the only person in the world who didn't like I remember saying in Wegmans when I worked there I didn't like Red Dead 2 and a customer turned around and said you didn't like Red Dead (laughs) I was the literal only person who didn't enjoy that game at all um but Odyssey is an incredible game, and it's I a game. If we were to go back and revisit now, that would probably win. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because all of us really love that game now. Yeah. Um, it would have been behind Red Dead for me, but it probably would have got enough points. Overall. Yeah, and Agreed. this is a, this is another game where I talked about earlier with The Last of Us, where I don't understand the public discourse versus the actual quality of the game because Odyssey's as Corey lovingly put it the redheaded stepchild uh of the franchise people bash that game and say it's terrible but it's i think the best assassin's creed game by far um i think it trumps origins Val or valhalla even the older games for the most part i just think the open world was captivating it was beautiful sailing in the open water was awesome i love greece as a location and i love cassandra she's my favorite protagonist in the series she's hilarious the story told the three different sections of the story that were told were amazing. The DLCs were incredible. Um, it's a game that I talk about that there's games that I play through every year or at least play a little bit of every year. And Odyssey has become that game kind of taking over like Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy VI. Um, I always find myself playing it all the time, uh, going back to it. And now that it's got 60 frame update uh, on PlayStation, um, yeah, there's going to be, I, I have it constantly on my hard drive now because of that. So, very nice. I also think this will come up later. <laughs> Do we want to take a quick break, Dan? Yes, we're going to yeah. take a quick break because we're, we're at a uh, Zoom hard break. So, uh, we will be right back. Uh, and we're back with the uh, Thumbstick Athletes 500 Epithet. 500th episode of Stravaganza, uh, continuing on our top 10 game list. Uh, so I, I believe I'm the last one. My game number four, we talked about already, but is Fortnite. Now, Fortnite. yeah, and I did not get into Fortnite early. I got into Fortnite when Chapter 2 started. I mm-hmm. think I played once maybe during Chapter 1 or twice. Uh, it never really stuck with me. Uh, but that stinking event that they had where they shut the game down for two days and had that black hole thing. I don't know what it was about it, but it drew me in. And ever since then, mm-hmm. I've I've been hooked on Fortnite and I've played every season. I think out of the we're on season eight right now, which I'm obviously not. I haven't done the the whole battle pass, but um, I think there's only been one season since then that I didn't complete the battle pass. And I got pretty close. I was level like 90 something, maybe. Um, some of them I got well into level 200s. Um, I've played a lot, both solo. Uh, I played with Eric and, and Vito uh, as a trio. And uh, and then I play with my kids a fair amount. Like I said earlier today, me and my daughter played, uh, got a W. I got a solo W the other night, which was uh, very satisfying. And, uh, yeah, it's a game I will continue to play. Probably, even if my kids kind of lose interest in it, it's probably still one I'll, I'll still fire up on occasion. Um, 
because I think once you learn the skills in it, uh, outside of a few minutes of adjustment, you kind of pick it back up relatively quickly. I was never great at building, so that's not something I have to worry about. I mostly use it for mobility and not not defense. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great game. I can't yeah. say enough good things about Do it. You yeah, feel like the kids are losing interest in it. No, I mean my my. We've just been so busy with with school and stuff and after school activities and all that stuff that we just for a while there we were playing for like an hour or two every night and there's just not the time to do that now uh, with school and stuff. That was mostly like over the summer uh, when we did that. You know, they're at school all day and then they get home and have snack and then it's time for supper and then it's pretty much time to get ready get ready for bed. So yeah. Um, so that only that's reason I ask is. Um... My nephew, who is a big Fortnite player, he's moved on to Apex Legends. Oh, okay, yeah, that's 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 a pretty common thing. Yeah, um, I, I think probably some players will come back once Chapter Three starts. Apparently, they're having they're going to have a whole new map that kind of leaked uh, not that long ago. Yeah, it might might reinvigorate some some people into it. Uh, they're doing a big Naruto crossover event uh, pretty soon, which is is pretty big, especially for. Um, you know the the younger crowd so we'll see um yeah Fortnite you said naruto crossover naruto oh yeah i would be interested in the Naruto crossover. yeah the Naruto crossover yeah definitely all right top three will number three yeah so my uh number three is going to be horizon zero dawn uh, this is a PlayStation exclusive made by Guerrilla Games, and um, we've all played it here, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, what I love about this game is, for stars, it's story, because what it does is the concept is very interesting, because you are tribal people who are fighting robot dinosaurs, and the game could just not do anything with that, and provide almost zero context. This is just kind of the world you're in, uh, and it could tell a very lackluster story. Um, but the storytelling and main story of the game is some of the best writing for like an open-world RPG, in my opinion, because... It is such a cool concept, and it's something that I keep coming back on, and I watch recap videos of the story because I'm always like, wow, like I really appreciate that a game tells this type of story where like the world's falling apart because of somebody making robots, and the only way that they can save the world is by letting everything die and then letting a terraforming system try to fix everything. Like, I just think that's such a cool uh, concept. And, like, terraforming is something that, like, is kind of coming into a more... It's more known now because we talk about terraforming different planets and, like, trying to salvage other places in the solar system to live. So that's something that, like, I personally have been learning more about. So it's really cool to see a video game kind of implement that. And I don't think a video game has done something like that story-wise. Especially from a first-person shooter studio in Guerrilla Games. I mean, they made Killzone, which... I mean, it's pretty mediocre in my opinion. So yep. for them to come out firing with this open world RPG that came out around the same time as Breath of the Wild and for me to be a better game than Breath of the Wild I think is an amazing amazing feat and their sequel comes out uh, at the end of February and it's by far the game that I'm most excited for and have been excited for because I don't know if you guys have seen anything from it. It looks unreal. Like I'm so excited to play it and I'm very happy that I have uh, 
a PlayStation to be able to play it. Rub it in, Will. Just keep rubbing it in. Ryan and I was right. We didn't give that game its due for a long time. <laughs> well, in, in, in my defense, uh, my knocks against the game were controls because I can't aim or shoot with the controller and 30 frames, which I think is, is fair considering. Um, the game was only 30 frames? Yeah, on PS4 it was only 30 frames. Wow. Even yeah, PS4 it, Pro? It's 60 now, know. but... Uh, I had a much, much better experience with it playing on PC with a keyboard and mouse that I could actually, you know, shoot stuff and hit, and then, it, you know, it ran it. I think it was running yeah. it at, like, 80 or 90 frames per second, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was far better that way. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a, a knock lot... on the game itself. It was just, you know, a lot of it was my personal preference. Yeah. I mean, a lot of criticisms I see for it is... I don't usually agree with because a lot of people say like, Oh, you have to like, there's not many ways that you can take down these robots. Like once you find something, you just kind of stick with that. But I completely disagree. Like when I replayed it the last couple of times, cause I have a platinum on PlayStation. Like I was using rope casters. I was using the freeze bombs, fire bombs, electricity bombs. Like I was really changing up my play style and it was so much more fun. Um, and that frozen wild DLC is crazy. Like those frost claws and fire claw bears that you fight, are some of the most intense battles that I've ever really had in in a game. Um, like fighting Skyrim dragons were was a big deal uh, for combat wise, but I think all combat encounters in this game kind of do a way better job than a game like that. Uh, I just think it, it's such. I think it's a, such an impressive game, and I can't get over how beautiful it still looks to this day. Because this game came out in twenty seventeen, so it's a little, you know it's getting a little bit older. It still looks beautiful, even though. Um, it is a PlayStation 4 game. Um, I have very high praise, and it is, in my opinion, the second best PlayStation exclusive. So, it's a good pick. I added it to my potential tenth game, um, and I did look it up. It turns out that this game was not 60 frames per second until this year on PS5. There was a patch released, so even on PS4 Pro, it was 30 30 frames per second. Yep, it's a little crazy to think about. Although, when they initially showed the game, when Sony initially showed the game, they showed it at 4K 60 frames per second. So, so the trailer on a PC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> For, oh, that's right. Wasn't that a controversy? Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, if it, if we're it talking about the gaming industry. If it I'm wasn't sure. for that game, it was for other ones, I know. Yeah. So other, other games have done that. Okay. Uh, Eric, number three. Hmm. Mine is uh, number three is also a PlayStation exclusive. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Journey, what a wacky game. Who made that game, Corey? You remember? That game company. That game company. Also did Flower, is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And most recently, uh, Skylight. Sky Children of Light. I Sky Children of Light, yeah. Yeah. Well... Journey was interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. It, I didn't realize that like the, the characters out when I played it, that the characters I was running into while I was playing were other folks that were actually playing at the time. I had no idea that was going on, uh, which I wish I had known, but uh, that's fine. Um, it was just such a 
interesting experience that made me think about things that other games have never really made me think about uh about like life and life and death and then like reincarnation and stuff like that and like literally like took you on a journey of life but in a very strange way you know uh, i've never played another game like that which i think is kind of the theme of some of the games that i have on my list um but yeah i just felt like that game really uh kind of touched me in a way and i that, i almost did shed a tear towards the end of it i don't really know why it just like it was making me think about stuff and powerful <laughs> yeah yeah which it, it was weird but uh really cool game certainly I, I bet you it would still be awesome to this day i uh i i also added journey as my potential 10th game eric but i was thinking about adding that to my list earlier today and i, I think you nailed it i mean journey as a word can mean a lot of different things right and some people will take it to mean like life journey um yeah which is I think where you both you and I took it, but just the way you like, first of all, the ending, the game ends and you just like, you're like, okay, that's it. But then you like start thinking about it and you're like, okay, you know, and then you start piecing together that you did go on this journey. And then it shows the names of the people you played with that you didn't, yeah. you know, their names. And you're like, okay, so like I had this journey with these people. We did right. all these fun, crazy things. And, I don't know. It's just it is such a powerful game and gets you thinking. And I will, I, I, I will say this with confidence that I think it better prepared me for when I eventually die than any other thing that <laughs> I've experienced. It, in life. It's an interesting metaphor that you, that you mentioned that core because there's probably that's probably life, right? Like there's probably plenty of nameless people who have a huge impact over your life that you have no idea. You know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the way they limit communication to just like, oh, or whatever the little sound bubbles are that come off of you and just to get their attention and work together. Like it's very clever in how it's crafted. But I mean, that's that game company there. Genova Chen. Is that the studio head's name? Uh, Dating myself because I can't remember this stuff anymore, but brilliant, brilliant mind. Yeah, really great. All right, Corey, number three. Number three for me, I I wish I had, um, so I didn't prepare any talking points for any of my games. I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. And I kind of wish I did for this game because it's really hard to articulate why I think it it's deserving of my number three. But I'll just start by saying I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is not only a fantastic video game, it's a brilliant Western. And I'm going to go so far as to say it's an American treasure. Um the first time I played it, I was absolutely blown away. I think it was the first game I had played in HDR, first game I had played in, I think it was 4K, right? Because I was playing on the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely blown away. I thought it was the most incredible thing I had ever seen. Hadn't really even played a game in 60 frames per second at that point. So not only did I get to to play this awesome game for the first time, I also got to experience what the newest generation of technology would do for a video game. And it just so happened to be with one of the best looking video games of all time. So it was this perfect storm of things that made me just absolutely fall in love with Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I think Arthur Morgan is a fantastic character. The way they take you through, you know, all these different concepts of America and Americanism and uh, criminality in America, like the way they tell those stories and tie all those threads together in such an 
interesting and, and unique and ultimately very fun way. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those games that it's really hard to articulate what you like so much about about it, but it, everything just comes together in such a perfect way that it has this almost mystical feeling when you play it. It's like this. It's almost like this shouldn't exist. This game is too good, and it, a lot of it is credit to the developers. The amount of detail, the fact that the horse's balls get smaller when it's cold out, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Who else is doing that in a video game? Nobody. I mean, they might yeah, do it as a joke here and there, but in Red Dead Redemption 2, that's just one teeny tiny example of the many details that they thought about in the game. And Corey, how about like when you go into a colder weather climate and like, I think that was Red Dead. I could be wrong. I think it was Red yeah. Dead Redemption where he, he'll like say something like, oh, and you're like, oh shit, let's throw a jacket on. Yeah, well, I want to. I want to oh. be warm. This is ridiculous. Um, and I did. I was actually recently at a, a bachelor party uh, in a part of the country I had never been in the Southwest. Um, and just like looking around, I'm like, man, Red Dead Redemption Two really nailed it. And I was like, just admiring the scenery, and it made me just want to go back and play Red Dead Redemption Two from the comfort of my couch to explore the same territory it's and that was my favorite thing to do in red dead redemption 2 is just pick a point on the map and go there and explore and do some hunting and probably be chased by bandits and bears and save a damsel in distress and do all the things along the way and uh yeah it's a special game and it's one of those games too that i feel like i just i just finished uh you know one bottle of it and i'm gonna keep the other bottles corked and let them age over time and it, it might even go higher up on my list i know we're talking about number three but um, it's just a really special game. I probably should have had that one on my list, honestly. Um, one of my favorite things in that game that I experienced was getting in a bar fight. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure there's been games where you could do something similar to that, but it never felt so uh, or organic and real as it did in that game. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Go in there and you can just have a drink and like it has no impact on your game, but I would do it sometimes just because, I mean, I felt like that's what Arthur would probably do. Yeah, yeah, because you go in there and someone looks at you I would wrong. have a shot here. That's what I would. Someone looks and, at you wrong and you want to drop them. Well, and then... you know, there were guys who were making comments to me, and I yeah. thought, <laughs> all right, we can, we can do this if you want. and Just get in a bar fight. And it was yeah. just fucking awesome. Like. Yeah. It's so cool. You're just like wrapped up and like you're in this Western and like you said, it, it for whatever reason, it just had a mystical feeling to it. And it was, it's not a game I should really like as far as pacing goes, because I'm not into the slow paced stuff. And I know that was, a, that was a knock against it, but I, I, they obviously did that for a reason and it really worked. I felt like, um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, even just hunting was a freaking blast. Like, but anytime you did story stuff, it was amazing. Like, no matter what you were doing, it was just fun. Like, yeah, you were always having so fun, fun. In, in a beautiful, highly detailed environment. And I said at the beginning of this that I haven't played a video game. Well, I, other than I played Call of Duty for about five minutes before I wanted to just launch myself off of a building. Uh, if there was a game that I was going to go back to right now, it would probably be that one waiting for it to come back to game pass because it was on game pass for a little while and it yeah. was too i don't know i just wasn't in the mood for it at the time but i hope it comes back yeah. again it really, really so good. that's so one good. that's what i'm gonna get on pc one of these times and that's 
that's how I want to. Because I have, I just have the Xbox One S, and I played on that for like thirty or forty hours. Um, but I definitely would rather play that on computer. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about that game, <clears throat> a lot of opportunities, like what Eric would talk, was talking about with the bar fight, a lot of opportunities for emergent narrative, you know, for you just forging your own story and, and experiences and memories. You know, it's a great, great game for that. And the characters in your camp were all super interesting, too. Yep. Yep. They all had unique stories. And, and, and it's... It... <laughs> Ah, we don't need to get too in depth, but I, I agree 100 percent, Eric. I do want to say, um, have any of you guys seen the movie Free Guy? <clears throat> no. So we just watched it last night uh, on a recommendation, and you have to pay to watch it, which in 2021 is a weird concept. You can get it on, you can rent it on, like we re-rented it on the Amazon. Um, it's not streaming anywhere for free, but it's about a video game character. Ryan Reynolds is in an open world video game, and he's a video game character, an NPC but he doesn't understand the concept of an NPC, but he starts to become self-aware. Really funny movie. If you like video games, highly recommend it. Um, but you talked about emergent gameplay, Dan. It just reminded me of it. But it, and when you guys are talking about Fortnite, it does a good job of incorporating all those silly things that games like Fortnite have, like the licensed, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, weapons and stuff like that from other <clears throat> IP. Mm-hmm. Um, so highly recommend free guy but I, I could totally see something happening uh like that in a red dead redemption type game where a character like there's enough ai built into a character that it kind of figures stuff out on its own and starts to become self-aware i think that's where we're going with video games it's kind of scary to think about yeah it is it really <clears throat> is but you know Corey, i agree i when i saw the trailers for that movie i definitely seemed like something i would enjoy yep i'll watch it at some point uh, I think you guys convinced me to give it another try. Well, Absolutely, you should. Incredible game. Just take your time with it. Yeah. Well, do you remember Arthur, why I quit playing it? I don't remember specifically why. I fell asleep three separate times in the beginning of the game. I think I know game. what it is. You know what it is. Will's never had a little glass of bourbon. Ah, that's true. I think that's... You, to truly understand Arthur... You'd have needed a shot in a beer at some point in your life. Game sucks. <laughs> How about a cup of coffee under the stars? Nothing that's why oh, he's a Joel guy. Yeah. Just black. black coffee. No, what I was going to say is I'm really into my mocha frappuccinos, so that's probably why I had Last of Us Part 2 so high, because of uh, Joel. Yeah, that's fair. I do love a good mocha. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So is Joel. No, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> number three for me, Stardew Valley. Yeah, not a day goes by where I'm not like, ah, I feel like playing Stardew Valley. You know, it's just, it's, it's, if relaxation, if if getting like a deep tissue tissue massage were a video game, that would be Stardew Valley. It's the just when the menu start, the menu music starts playing. It's just like you just you know, kind of just gel into mm. a blob of relaxation, you know? Because you know um, it's coming. <clears throat> you know it's coming. But then when you start the game, working in your fields, all the little, the the, the noise, sensations, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but it just, you know, just makes you relaxed. 
it does that same thing that Animal Crossing does, Dan, except the difference for me anyway in Stardew Valley is that I have I have fun doing the, sure. the tasks. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. And, and there's no comparison to the depth of gameplay between Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing, you know? No yeah. comparison. Um, honestly, I would probably, if even if I was ranking just the top video games of all time, like literally, I would p- probably put Stardew Valley on that list pretty high. Um, yeah. And to think it was a $15 game made by one person, like you, Corey, I've probably bought three, maybe four copies on various systems. Um, <clears throat> I've played it on, on Switch. I played it on PC. I played it on mobile. Uh, I played it on Xbox, like on everything, you know. And uh, I, it's, it's a game I don't think I'll ever get tired of. So, yeah. Good pick. Stardew Valley, number three. Number two, Will. So my number two is Persona 5 Royal. Um, this is the number one PlayStation exclusive, uh, in my opinion. Um, I'm a huge JRPG fan. We all are. Um, well, Eric, a little bit less so. But um, <laughs> I'm a, I, I, this game, so well, this game came out in the same year as Breath of the Wild and Horizon. And... I knew nothing about it, but I knew it was very highly regarded. And Persona 5 Royal, I believe, is the highest regarded game of last year. Um, and what Royal is, is it's the expansion to the original Persona 5. So it's Persona 5 base game, and Royal is the expansion that happens. And it's another like 15 to 20 hours of content added on to the end of the game. Adds new stuff to it, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't think I've played a game that has as much style and the menus to the art style to the music in this game um it's got this like really cool jazzy soundtrack um playing at all times um and so when you're doing these combats you have these really awesome pounding soundtracks playing while you're doing combat and it's really groovy and it's fun to play uh the story is awesome i can't get enough of the story uh it does a really good job of molding social life simulator into turn-based combat and like dungeon crawling um to the point where i don't think another game even particularly comes close to it uh this is a game that i really wish dan you would play i think you in particular would really really love this game Corey, i think you (laughs) would too but its biggest flaw for me pitching it to you guys to play is how long it can be uh i believe i put 100 hours persona 5 royal to do everything which which is a lot (laughs) a lot of time uh i've got the platinum on it and that's like a that's a tall task to ask somebody to sink 100 hours into a game uh and i realized that so i don't give you guys too hard of a time for not playing it but uh if you've played it you know you know it's one of those things Every day, I look forward to Persona 4 Golden coming to PlayStation so I can play that. Uh, Persona 3 to come out uh, on modern consoles so I can play that. Persona 5, I think, will eventually come to PC and probably Xbox because Microsoft is just going out and buying everybody. Uh, I think Sega is probably going to be one of those studios or at least game companies that gets bought, which means Atlas will probably go with it. Um, So I can see Persona going on Game Pass at some point. So... Uh, it won't be an exclusive for long, but man, I really think if JRPGs are your jam and you haven't played Persona, you're really sorely missing. Yeah, I'll definitely play it once it comes out on a system that I have. 
Uh, Dan, I would say probably 2022 it'll be out on PC and Game Pass, if I were to guess. I really do think that. Yeah. I'll definitely give it a shot. Or if not five, Golden will be. Because I think Golden... I heard a rumor that because I came to PC last year that Persona 4 Golden is going to be coming to like PlayStation and Xbox, but they wanted Shimagami Tensei to come out first oh. uh, and get the limelight of because that's the uh, that's what Persona was came after Shimagami Tensei. Um, they're like closely tied, so um, I imagine that'll probably be out at some point soon. So I think that'll be the first one that you'll have like more access to playing. Um, which is also a fantastic game. I played it last year. I love that. But yeah, I'm a huge Persona fan. Persona 5 is incredible. Uh, and Royal has some of my favorite content. I did a spoiler cast on it on this podcast. So uh, for anybody who's interested, go back and listen to that. Uh-huh. Eric, number two. Number two for me is uh, another Sony or PlayStation exclusive, uh, The Last of Us 1. I never did play the second one, but uh, the first one, you know, I mean, just the, the story for me was just incredible. Uh, the opening sequence was heartbreaking. Uh, just really uh, drew you into the whole game right there at the beginning, kind of bought, bought into to what was going on and bought into the main character and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, the gameplay, I know a lot of people had issues with the gameplay. I didn't think it was all that bad. I actually kind of enjoyed the multiplayer too. Um, but the crafting was really fun. The, the combat was fun. A lot of parts were really creepy and eerie, which uh, kind of gave a little bit different feel to the game at times. Uh, but just going on the journey with Joel, uh, seeing all the different environments and, and the, the interactions between him and Ellie, um, and the ending I thought was really good as well. So I just, you know, I, I've said a lot about this game over the years. Really disappointed that we didn't give it game of the year when it when it was due. Um, but just amazing single player experience. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. <clears throat> Naughty Dog. Mm. They're the the class of Sony. Delicious. Yeah. Corey, number two. Uh, Number two is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I said at the time, um, so Will remembers it a little bit differently than me. I remember playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey the year it came out for like five hours and really liking it quite a bit and supporting Will in his uh, belief in the game. And I think I said in our Thummies episode that if I had played more of it, it probably would have ranked higher on my list because I did really enjoy what I had seen of it. So I think you had a little bit more support, Will, than than you're saying. Uh, but anyway, I digress. No, you're right. It, you're right. You did support me. Um, I, when I ended up going back and playing, I think the following year, or maybe it was even two years after, I don't even know, uh, I just decided that as far as you know, all the things I want in a video game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is probably as close as I will ever get. I think it's uh, mechanically perfect for the most part. Um, all the the difference between Odyssey and Valhalla for me were the character building. I thought the characters were better in Odyssey, especially the main character, Cassandra. But also the, um, the equipment, uh, much more customized and 
you know, you get to different looks throughout the game way more than you do in Valhalla. And those little things were uh, enough to push it over the edge for me. And as Will mentioned, the DLC is so great. Just It just checks all those boxes for me. It's got that little bit of history, so you are kind of absorbing history through osmosis, but then it also has those mythical elements that make the game so entertaining. Um, I know we've, we've talked about it quite a bit already, but yeah, I just think it's uh, about as perfect as a game is going to get for me. The only difference is my number one has a little bit of nostalgia involved that I don't think will ever change. Um, so that's why that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is number two. Yeah, Corey, that's one that, <clears throat> looking at my list, if there's any any uh, games that I feel like are missing, that's probably the one. Yeah. I would, yeah, that would, like, be 11, <laughs> maybe. Could sneak into 10, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. There's a couple things also that Odyssey does better than Valhalla. Uh, like, the glitches aside, like, I think... One of my biggest, a thing that I didn't love about Valhalla is the fact that it took place in England uh, and not more in Norway because there's no games that take place in like Norway. There's a lot of games that take place in England. I've seen Valhalla England. Was in England. Yeah, it's mainly Mostly, England. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so I don't love. I mean, England is all right. Um, it's not a bad game world. It's it's a good game world, but like Greece is pretty unique. Not many games take place yeah. in Greece. Uh, and at the time, there was not a lot of games based around Greek anything. Uh, now there's a lot more. There's like Hades. Um, I'm blanking, but there's a, there's a bunch more where Greek Phoenix culture. Rising. Is, Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising. Yeah, another Ubisoft. Yeah. So like now it's more prevalent, but that was the first game really to do a lot of like Greek mythology. Um, and I think that stuff is really cool. Uh, and it was very unique at the time because, you know, Origins came out. People loved that. And Odyssey came out literally like a year after. Um, and really set the tone for what Assassin's Creed has become. And I just think that game world was amazing, and those side quests were amazing. The main story was so good. And as you said, there's more gear customization than there was in Valhalla, which is pretty also, cool. So. Also just with the abilities, too. I think the abilities were much much more uh, fleshed out in Odyssey than yep. in Valhalla, and you could truly make a badass character as opposed to Valhalla. It was kind of vanilla. Yeah. I mean, everybody likes to talk about how unrealistic and unhistoric it is. And it's like, well, everyone praises Origins, but it, it does the same stuff. It's a game at the end of the day. Yeah, Gotta have some fun built in it. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I hate Assassin's Creed fan bases. All right. Well, we're going to take our last break, and we're going to come back with uh, my number two and then all of our number ones. Uh, unfortunately, we have to break again because of Zoom, but we'll be right back. All right, so round last round two, my second favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy VI. Um, I know I kind of strayed away from nostalgia picks for this uh, round of top ten favorite games, but I feel like Final Fantasy VI holds up so well, even all these years later, that I, I, I don't, you know, I haven't played it probably within the past year but you know gameplay wise graphics wise i I feel like it still really holds up pretty well a lot of the systems that were in that game are still in in games today uh the characters are all fantastic i think the art style is classic at this point um yeah uh it's another game that once you know probably every day i think about just about every day anyway and and one of these days i will sit down and, and play it again 
actually not as long as a lot of games are nowadays. Uh, you know, it felt like an eternity, a really long game, like way back when, but it's one you could be in 25 or 30 hours now, which compared to, you know, some of the games that I have on my list, it's a, it's nothing, you know, uh, the Witcher three, I think took me like 110 hours to beat the first time I played it. So, uh, 25 or 30, 30 hours for Final Fantasy six is, is not that much. So. Yep, that's my number two. Corey, number one. <laughs> number one. Good timing, Dan. You, yes. I have a feeling you knew what this was going to be. Uh, it's, yeah. been my, yeah. it's been my number one uh, for the last four lists as well, um, is Final Fantasy VI. I, I, I think you're right, Dan, that it's not. It's definitely not just nostalgia, and I know that it's not. The game still holds up for all the reasons that you pointed out. And one thing, I, I, I probably play it all the way through once a year um, on average. And for me, like what I've really enjoyed playing the game lately is kind of reading between the lines and figuring out the story that isn't discussed in the game. Uh, Like you start to think, you know, all these games, there's good and there's evil and there's not too many shades of gray. But once you start thinking about it, and though it's not like explicitly part of the story, but you look at a character like Kefka, it's actually a really tragic character because he was created by the Empire and their Magitek facility and in his evilness comes from that not just because he's an evil guy who wants to do evil you know he's a he's a victim more than anything um and and those that's what i really enjoy about like really diving deep and and critically thinking about the game and the story and and it does kind of give the game a little bit more legs into into the future because it came out in do you remember when it came out 1994 1995 um i just googled it quickly yeah 1994 yeah, because Tactics was 95, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, and I know inevitably we will get a Final Fantasy VI remake. Um, I think it's inevitable. So I can't wait for that day. Uh, this game will still be precious to me regardless of what they do in, in any remake or anything like that. The Pixel remaster is coming out soon, so that's probably when I'll play it again, although I did already play through it once this year. So, What, what exactly is the Pixel oh, remaster? Oh, you know how they change the sprites? Yeah. They're going to change them back and charge you 15 bucks for it. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it like a sheep. <laughs> and I'm going to buy it again on console. So I I, uh, I think there's a little more to it. I'm I'm being uh sure. trite, but um because I have it on the SNES Classic is is probably the way I'm going to play it when I when I go back to it. Uh, cuz so, it's it's all original. It's none of the changed dialogue or anything like that. So like that's how I remember it. So when they when they change the dialogue a little bit, it throws me off, you know. Because even all these years so, later, I I uh, I still remember the original dialogue. Um, Dan, to answer your question, the pixel remaster, it's basically they reverted back to the old graphical style, but they did way better effects, like with spells and like water, okay. uh, and they like kind of just touched up and cleaned up the, the pixels, so it looks a lot sharper. Okay. Um, but retained its entire graphical integrity. Okay, good. Yeah, because I did not cool. like the the more modernized version of it, like uh, on mobile. Yeah. Did not care for. Um, it. Do not like. It. It was weird. It took a little bit to get used to. Sure. <laughs> Um, I will say Final Fantasy VI was the game that made me stop listening to Jason Schreier's podcast. Oh, really? Why? Because he was so excited to talk about Final Fantasy VI and all 
his other two co-hosts could talk about how kind of misogynist Locke was. Oh, geez. Oh, come on. I yeah, mean... they're like, his constant womanizing was uh, Locke turned more them so off. than Edgar? Or it was Edgar, sorry. Yeah, it was oh, Edgar. Okay. I was just like, this podcast not for me. It's funny because Edgar's the only character without baggage, too. He's got a little bit of baggage, I guess, with his yeah. brother, but... Yeah, he's and he mostly... was trying to... Well, he was trying to explain it, how it was like kind of a facade, and they just weren't having it. Yeah. <laughs> Not just that, it was 20, almost 27 years ago that it came out. It's also, it's also a character in a video game, so like, if the developers wanted to make a misogynistic character, then so be it. I mean, yeah. No, you guys just don't get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Any other thoughts on Final Fantasy VI, Corey? Nah. All right, Eric. Number one, favorite game of all time. Oh, baby. Number one, Rocket League. <laughs> Forever and always. Uh, you've talked about a couple of games now that you've purchased across multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. And I have done that on Rocket League on every platform that I could have possibly had it on. Um, like Corey said earlier, man, I just never played a game. I think for people who are even mildly into sports and video games, Rocket League is kind of just the perfect game. Because if you have that little bit of like competitiveness in you where with sports, but you also like video games, uh, you know, just playing with your friends, especially, uh, or, or tournaments, like Corey said, uh, the tournaments are a lot of fun, but the most fun I had was playing with friends before tournaments were even a thing. Um, didn't even have to be friends though really i mean you could play with anybody online and you could end up having just an amazing time like Corey said just getting that just for me it was tended to be more saves big saves and goals um but what a feeling man just there's no other video game i've ever played that would had made me feel fortnite was probably the closest but that made me feel the way that Rocket League did so many times over and over again. I just never got tired of it. You'd yeah. turn around and it, it's, like, it's like civilization. Like next thing you know, six hours has gone by and you're like, what the fuck have I even done with myself? Like, and you, I you won some and I lost that. some. Yeah. You bring up an yeah. interesting point, point you, about you won, you, we, we won 50 50. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up like a, at least it, in civilization, you're like progressing in some manner. Like, in Rocket League, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you bring up you're... an interesting point about sports too, Eric. Because uh, yeah. you know, it, it, for me, it's like the the purest sports game that there is because it's it, there all the sports games that you play, whether it be like FIFA or Madden or NHL. There's a lot of jank in those. Whereas Rocket League, it's 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 soccer in its purest form. You know, you're controlling your you're in complete control of your car. And yeah. you're trying to hit the you know hit the ball into the into the goal. So for me, it's like the purest sports game that you can possibly get. You know. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Corey. I was just gonna say, Dan. I'm glad you touched on that because I wanted to to go circle back to that too. Um, and I think you articulated it perfectly, Eric. It's it is it's the most sporting. Not only is it a sports game, it's a the most sporting video game out there. I mean, you play a lot more sports games than I do, but. Um, at least the ones I've played, I actually feel like I'm participating in a sport playing Rocket League, whereas 
Dan pointed out some of the jank in like the NHL games. Like I feel like I just figured out the exploits in order to figure out, you know, how to score a goal easily yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's spot. I think that's a hundred percent right. Of all all the games, you know, sports games that I've played, like they've never felt like a sporting event as much as Rocket League has. Yeah, I um, agree with that. It's just a. Uh, incredibly well-made game and all the updates they've made have been really good um it's another one of those games that's easy to pick up and learn after a little bit but super difficult like crazy difficult to master and be one of those guys that Corey was talking about earlier you know like i i i can't even tell you how many hours i put in a like incredible amount of hours between pc and xbox and i still cannot play off the wall can't do it just can't do it can't fly with the ball well you know eric you got to download the custom maps and do yeah. some training i just well like you said Corey, i don't i'm not i was my goal was never to be a professional so like i'm not going to do something like that i'm playing to have fun like you yeah you would think after hundreds of hours you would develop that skill it, it's weird to me the the gap that exists between Somebody like me who played up for hundreds of hours and the professionals who make me look like I've never played the game before. Mm -hmm. the, the gap of skill is incredible. And it really I just, is. it's fascinating. Like when you watch, when you've played as much of a game as, as I have of Rocket League and then you watch somebody who's actually good at it and you're just like, holy shit, I mean, I suck. <laughs> terrible but, at this game but but also eric on the other end of the spectrum there are you know beginners that you put to shame you know, just like dominate Domin yeah they don't stand a chance and no. that's a great feeling you know that yeah. is a great feeling <laughs> when the noobs like when it came on like game pass or when it came yeah. out for switch and you would get on there as somebody who has played a shit ton of rocket league and you're like oh man this these guys are so bad <laughs> cleaning up so bad. <laughs> yeah Right, you're putting up like you know eight goals and whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, just amazing, amazing game. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Will, number two, or number one? I'm sorry, number one. Uh, my number one, and we don't really need to get into it because we've talked about it already. Uh, is Final Fantasy Tactics? I mean, Tactics. that game's perfect. Number one. Yeah. It'll never not be my number one. I'm convinced at this point. It's perfect in all its flaws. Yeah. I, you know what? I love the stuff like Wee Griff when you do the one on one. How just yeah. absurdly hard that is to do it fairly, at least. It and could like be game breaking, you know? You could, you could yeah. get stuck and not be able yeah. to advance. I've done that couple... several times. Uh, in that, the, is it Real Veins Castle, the multiple level one? Yep. I get stuck on there. Uh, that's where I got stuck every time until I did Final Fantasy Tactics for 4 in February, and I made sure that I went into that prepared for that that eventuality uh, that yeah. I that I finally <laughs> passed that point because every time I had played it, I got stuck in that. That sounds really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it tricked me like four times. You know, and then a but game I, like I that would with the weapon inventory in Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> a game like that would not fly if it came out today. Like no. that wouldn't be cool. I was I just gonna enjoyed, say, could you I imagine? I did enjoy it. But you played it. 
Yeah, yeah, I tried it. No way. I love turn-based strategy games. Yeah. I do. Maybe, maybe when the uh, remaster comes out in the next 10, 15 years, whenever that's going to be. It's too, there's too much dialogue and stuff for me. Yeah. I don't need yeah. all of that. Project I mean, Triangle be Strategy. That's yeah, the new one that's March. coming out. Yeah. That's March. Oof. Yeah. My, that's my most anticipated game for sure. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That coming out. Uh, Switch. Switch. It'll be out on other stuff eventually, like Octopath, but it's it's initially launching on Switch. I I do see like going forward my video game playing in the future will probably be probably pretty exclusively on the Switch. Whatever mm. else they come out with it. Kids. Yeah, you know, I just at this point it's just not no. Yeah. Trying. Once once they start getting into games, you'll. Man, I'm not sure I want Landon to because he's such a bastard when I turn the TV <laughs> off. Oh, sure. I think my daughter's gonna be even worse. <laughs> if if your daughter's like mine, though, she'll have a high ceiling for skill. Maybe. Because she's got a high ceiling for attitude too, though. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, no, that's that's the case. But yeah, like she my daughter's came out interested in cell phone. She came out of the womb interested in the cell phone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel like that's evolution for you. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like they they've kind of evolved to know how to it's do all crazy. that stuff. It's it's insane. She can she know how to take pictures with the phone. Uh-huh. Nobody really? showed her. She knows how to do it. She's it's crazy. Well, if you believe, if you this is a little bit heady of a conversation, and I know we're trying to end the episode, but if you oh, if you believe that individual cells are capable of consciousness, which some people are starting to argue nowadays, then there's an argument to be had that they do come out of the womb with an idea of how to use this stuff. Yeah, I you, you could talk me into that based yeah. on what I've seen from my children. Yep, I'm I'm in the same boat. They just, mm-hmm. they just know how to do stuff and like you know I've it's used not... this te- I've used this technology as long as it's been out and they'll yeah. do something on my phone I'm like wait how, what did what did you do get me back to where I was before you know yep no I never showed like Landon how to download something on his Kindle he just he just knew how to do it uh-huh. such an old person thing <laughs> just get it back to the way yeah. I had it. <laughs> Get it back where it was, would you, son? You know, I'll, I'll end up Googling it, and I'll spend half an hour trying to, like, you know, fix whatever setting they changed, because it's not, that. you know, not what you're used to. I feel, I feel that's so hard. Oh, dude, wait till you have a kid, Corey. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> oh, Don't be nervous. It's going to be okay. That's oh, great, but, yeah, be nervous. Nervous about my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my number one game of all time, probably no surprise, still Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, I still have to beat it on Master Mode. I have not done that yet. Uh, it, it's one of those games again that I think about. I'm like, oh, today's the day I'm gonna resume my my Master Mode playthrough. Um, like Will, uh, probably my, my primary knock against it is that it's 30 frames. Uh, it's, it's doable to like, to play something like that now. Um, 
but it, it is it is a bit obnoxious. It, t- it takes some getting used to. Uh, after about an hour of playing, you kind of kind of get used to it. But uh, it definitely would be next level if they could. I don't know if they're going to come out with a like more powerful, like Will said, 4K uh, Switch that gives you the option, like a lot of the Nintendo games do nowadays, to either have it graphic, higher graphics, or better performance. Would love to be able to pick better performance for that. It would it would definitely make it next level. I think Tito uh, is is one that played the entire game on PC uh, at 60 frames, I believe, maybe ultra wide. Uh, but yeah, he he played the entire thing on on PC. Um, I, I experimented with it a little bit on PC, um, but it does it it is a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say janky because that's not the right word, but you do have to tinker with it to get it to work right. Um, Pickle. Yeah, it, it fickle. That's a good word for it. So, uh, so yeah, I guess we have to go back and revisit Corey's number ten game now. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was trying to think like what what could I say right now that would be a really good joke. Like uh, I don't know what's a game that I like that you guys hated, um, but I couldn't come up with anything. Enderall. I did like Enderall <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so That's, what I put on my list is. <laughs> What I put on my list is everyone was talking Bloodborne, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Super Mario Maker 2, Guild Wars 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Halo 1, Horizon Zero Dawn, Journey. I'm leaning Journey. I was going to say either Journey or Mario Maker 2. I really liked Mario Maker 2, and that scratch, scratches my creative itches, which not a lot of games do. But Journey Horizon is, Zero Dawn. Journey's next level journey is i did say it prepared me for death that's that's my phrase <laughs> that's pretty significant um preparation let's go with journey yeah you can always revise it in 100 more episodes yeah who knows what the mental state will be in in 500 more or uh, 100 more episodes rather uh, 500 the metaverse even. The, the metaverse is coming oh man you may not be allowed to have a mental state that's true right. I don't want any part of the metal met, metaverse if if Facebook is going to be in charge of it. Yeah, Facebook will decide what mental what things I'm allowed to think about in the metal metaverse. Sounds horrible. How many how many years is a hundred episodes? About we know roughly almost two, or almost two, a little under two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, so I don't even want to think about how things will be in twenty twenty three. One every week. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, we kind of, we kind of took the summer off, but um, and then we had a delay while we were trying to do episode five hundred. But uh, outside of that, I'd like to ideally do one every week still. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I just want to say it was nice to get back in the saddle with uh, everybody with the whole group here. You know, yeah, some, cool. some laughs, talking games. Uh, I miss cool. it. I know, man. Jeez, I, I, I still have any freaking time. I know. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. I just can't. I like if I wasn't doing this, there's not a chance in how I'd be awake. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to figure out how this can, you know, be our salaries, and then it'll be easier. There you go. That would be easier. <laughs> that would. We've been trying for ten years now. I haven't given up yet. Well, <laughs> I did kind of give up for a little while. I think there. we really missed our chance, and I do blame it on Corey, yeah. because. He did create Pokemon Go. <laughs> That's and true. He didn't capitalize on it. And here we are. 
<laughs> well, not not to get into an argument about billionaires and stuff like that, but the difference the difference between a billionaire and people like me is the billionaires will actually take action. They act and, upon the thought. And they act upon the thought. I mean, a thought is just a thought until you do something with it. And that is literally the difference between billionaires yeah. and everyone else, because everyone has good ideas. Sure. But it takes a special person to make it a reality. Sure. Especially if you don't have the capital to put your ideas into motion and you have to do that. That's a big too. part of it, too. And you can do it without the capital, but you better be really good at convincing people. Yeah. You got to sell it. Idea. Sell the idea. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I will say that uh, me and Johnny have been brainstorming ideas of what we can do within the game sphere uh, for content creation. And. I would put my chances of actually taking action at 40% as opposed to 20%. So we're getting closer. 40%. Still not likely, but. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. I I think about that almost daily too. Like what, there's gotta be something out there that someone hasn't done yet that, that would catch on, you know? Yeah. I'm, you know what I'm becoming just more aware of is how pissed I am at myself for not just going to a trade school and being my own boss. Yeah, for sure. I feel that. That's yeah. what. That's like what people should be doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Nope. Nobody wants like, to work with your hands anymore, so you literally could charge whatever you wanted. It's true. Yeah. True. People will pay it. Yeah. I like right now, like being in school. I work as a server, and my hours got cut to like one day a week, maybe two. And it's like, man, I am so sick and tired of being at the mercy of everybody else to make a living at this point that I'm just like, I'm going to do it myself. There you go. Just because it's, so, it's super frustrating with how everything's bad. Yeah. I have a friend who's making a killing just doing odd jobs. Um, she just puts her name out there and people call her to move heavy stuff or rake some leaves yeah. or, you know, just simple stuff, but she's making a lot of money doing it. There was a dude in uh, uh, where we're from up there and uh, his company was called Ob Jobs. <laughs> That's great. He drove people a car that stuff. and it fucking said Ob Jobs on the side of it. Yeah. I remember this because he flipped me off one day when I was driving. <laughs> but like, now I'm like, fuck me. He was right. Yeah. <laughs> genius yeah i'd have paid somebody to build this desk i'm sitting at i told you guys it was miserable i'd have paid pretty penny for somebody to come and put this thing together absolutely i could do it i just want to spend my time different ways you know right it's it's what it's about it's how much you feel your time is worth to you exactly yeah yeah all right any last thoughts episode 500 that was fun. It was fun, fun times thinking about some old games and when times were simpler. Agreed. I'm a lot more tired than I typically was in the past at this hour. <laughs> Brutal. I have to take a test after this class or after this podcast. Uh oh. Oh yeah. God. What's it on? Motor development. Uh, mm, I can't help you there. Motor development. Yeah, Biology, I'm going to right? school to be a uh, well now gym teaching. Oh. So hmm. it's just taking stupid classes that I already know most of the stuff for because I was a science major for like 15 years in school. 
Capture the flag in Poison Ball. That's all you need to know for motor development. Capture school hockey. <laughs> Floor hockey. <laughs> I almost said Rocket League is the closest I ever came to being an athlete, but then I remembered. Floor hockey. It's the only championship <laughs> I've ever won in sports. Yes. So Same. that's got to count for something. <laughs> Quite a lineage right here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for episode 500 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Blaster.